This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. Now, what does a podcast of a show mean? Well, it means that we put out a live audio-visual show, and then we turn the audio into, well, this podcast that you're listening to right now. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. A dangerous idea lurks in the software industry. An idea that presents itself as helpful, as a solution, the solution to all of your problems. A half-truth, a myth that would only have you believe you need one tool to make your business successful, to optimize your processes. A myth that a miracle tool exists that does it all, that contains all the features you'll ever need. That one tool and one tool only holds the key to business growth and operational success. A myth that has stolen the time and money of many business owners. A myth that has built up excitement and relief only to replace those feelings with frustration, confusion, and poor results. Not to mention the price tags. But how could such a tool exist? There is no miracle software that's the best at everything. Only tools that are merely okay at many things. When you try to do everything, you end up doing next to nothing at all. What is this myth? The The myth myth of of the the all-in-one software. Oh, hello there, Internet. It's good to see you, and it's good to be seen. Welcome back to Growth Decoded, the most decorated Internet show about the customer experience and business growth that you've ever been aware of. Maybe. I'm your host, Ernie Santarelli, and I'm in dire need of a haircut. But that's my problem, not yours. Welcome to the program. We've got a great show for you today that is jam-packed with interesting interviews, insights, information, intensity, and integrations. But enough with the introduction, it's time for a Plantasia update. As you may or may not know, this show is about growth. It's right there in the title, see? We've all grown, we all do it. You start as a tiny baby, and then you grow into a you-sized human. You know what else grows? Businesses, when they can get the customer experience right. And that's why we're here. Do you know what else grows? Plants. And we're growing one of those, too. And the plant's name is Plantasia. Boom. Progress pick. Holy cannoli, Plantasia has arrived. It might be time to repot Plantasia here pretty soon, which means we're going to have to integrate Plantasia into a new home. New surroundings, new... Wait, wait, wait. Did you say integrate? Oh. Tabitha, hey, what's up? Never mind, what's up? Did you say integrate? Uh, yeah, I, I think I did. Why? Because that's today's episode topic, and I think it's story time. Story time? Story time. Once upon a time, there was a business, a small business, that just started out, and this business was doing well, gaining customers, growing in size, growing in needs. The business owner began to realize that if the business was going to continue growing, they were going to need someone, some help. Help in the form of software tools. They needed help organizing their processes, storing customer information, sending emails, managing payments and records, optimizing their website, growing their social media presence, executing on campaigns, and on and on and on. It was early in the process, but the business owner could see all of these problems on the horizon. And the business owner had an idea. Why would I get individual tools that solve for each of these problems when I could get one tool that does them all? An all-in-one. 
And so that's what the business owner did. The tool was expensive, hard to understand, difficult to set up, confusing, but it could do everything. It was all they would ever need. And then, do you know what happened? No, but this business owner sounds like a genius. That's because I am a genius. No, wrong. The all-in-one let the business owner down. The tool couldn't do all of those things well. It could only do a few things well. Everything else was clunky, mediocre, and hard to set up. And this is the problem. No software tool that will help you run your business is going to be the solution to your every problem. It might solve a few of them, but it can't do everything. Some tools are good at email marketing, other great at building landing pages, still others help with social media management, customer relationship management, and SEO. So what can you do? Well, that's where the today's topic comes in. Today's topic is integrations. But what does it mean to integrate? Well, we looked it up, and here's what we've got. To combine one thing with another so that they become a whole. Nice, that sounds great, I guess. But in the context of this episode, we're talking about software integrations. So the idea of taking two pieces of software and connecting them together so that they work together for your benefit. Integrations make it possible for you to take your tools that are really good at what they do and then connect them together. You don't need a clunky, complicated all-in-one instead. You can tie all of your tools together, letting the information and the tasks flow between tools, helping you get the customer data where it needs to go. Think about it like this. An integration is a bridge over a canyon, or a river, or a pit of ravenous unicorns. Whatever. It's a bridge between two places that are otherwise unreachable. Now picture yourself walking over that bridge. The two places are your different software tools, and you're a piece of information. The bridge is the integration. Integrations help you get the data that you need in the place that you need it. They let you take data from over here and move it over there automatically. No human error, no manual actions, just the magical magic of software talking to one another. Sharing information, making your life and your customer experience better. With integrations, you can do all kinds of things. There are truly unlimited possibilities, and throughout this episode, you're going to hear about them. So to kick things off, let's take a look at an integration question from the Active Campaign community in this week's installment of our customer evangelist Tim and community manager Molly answer questions from the Active Campaign community. Have you ever manually added context to your CRM? Spent hours painstakingly entering data for one and then another and then another? What if you could do this automatically? No manual work needed. Hi, I'm Tim from Active Campaign. And I'm Molly from Active Campaign. We have a question from our community that, that we're, we're going, going to answer. answer. Today we have a question that asks, I use a booking system to book people into my events, and at the moment I have to manually add each person to Active Campaign. Is Zapier the only way to automate this? Taking information from one system and using it in another is a problem that many of us find ourselves trying to solve. You may have a CRM that acts as your main record of customer information, and you need to make sure that any event registration data for that customer is available. Or you may want to use that event registration data in follow-up emails that you send to your customer. When we need to make data from one system available to another system, we often start by manually copying the data between the two. When the volume of data is low, that can work just fine. But when that volume of data starts to increase, Ooh. 
that is when the problem begins. If we have one person registering for our event each day, that's manageable. We can manually copy their information from the booking system into ActiveCampaign without spending a lot of time doing so. What happens when five people register each day? What happens when 15 people register each day? 20, 50, 100 people. With that kind of volume, manually copying registrant data from one system to another takes up a lot of time. What we need is a way to do this automatically, and that's where integrations come in. Integrations allow you to automatically bring information from one application into another. The keyword here is automatically. Once you set up an integration, you don't have to do anything to get the data to flow. It just happens automatically. Let's explore two ways to use integrations. The first way is with native integrations. Native integrations connect directly to ActiveCampaign without the need for any third-party software. Let's examine how a native integration can help us automate a customer registering for an event. The first thing we'll do is configure the integration to map the fields we need from our booking system into ActiveCampaign. This ensures that the data for any customers that register for the event is automatically synced in. This also automatically creates a tag with the event name that is applied to the customer in ActiveCampaign. If we want to automatically add registrants to our email list, we can create an automation for that. We'll set up a trigger to automatically enter the contact into the automation when they register for an event in our booking system. We'll add an action to the automation to subscribe the customer to our email list. The second way to automate a customer registering for an event is with third-party integrations. These are integrations that require third-party software, like Zapier, to connect information to ActiveCampaign. All configuration and field mapping happens in that third-party software. We've talked about how native integrations and third-party integrations can help sync data in ActiveCampaign. But what if you want to send data out of ActiveCampaign and into another system? Integrations can help with that too. Native integrations often come with automation actions that let you send that data to another system to accomplish a goal. For example, maybe we want to send a postcard in the mail to a customer who's registering for their first event with us. The integration with our booking system can bring the customer's mailing address into ActiveCampaign. The send postcard automation action can then use that mailing address to send the customer a postcard using a direct mail integration. Every business is different. There is no one-size-fits-all solution that's gonna solve every company's problems. Instead, you may need to use a mix of native and third-party integrations, depending on which of the systems you use are available. Visit ActiveCampaign's collection of hundreds of CX apps to find the integrations you need for your business. All right, there we have it. We had a question from our community that we were going to answer. And, and we, we did. did. As Tim and Molly mentioned, there are many ways to connect the software platforms you use in your business. Integrations bring these tools together to share important actionable information between platforms. Simply simplify the transfer of information so that you can work seamlessly within your day. They touched on three types of integrations, native, third party, and custom API. Let's take a look at native integrations first. Native integrations allow you to connect your favorite platforms seamlessly without using a third-party system. 
you can create the exact connections that you want between two platforms. There are many reasons to use native integrations. Easily sync contact data, build automations triggered directly from integrations, effectively manage pipelines and contact journeys. Now, third-party integrations. Ernie and I can sit here all day and explain this, but it might be better to hear from an actual third-party integration provider. So we enlisted the help of our friend Sophia, who is the partner manager over at Zapier. Let's see what she has to say. Hi there, my name is Sophia Satole and I'm a partner manager at Zapier. It's a tool that allows you to connect apps to automate your workflows. And today I'll be introducing you to the world of automation and third-party integrations. So on a high level, a third-party integration is a separate tool designed to connect seamlessly with another solution in order to extend its core use cases. The main software acts as a central hub where information is collected and shared between each third-party system connected to it. So we'll be digging into the power of using third-party integrations to not only go beyond the main function of your solution, but also help automate tasks you typically have to manage manually. So first of all, we're a codeless solution, which gets around the hurdle most uh, non-technical business owners run into when they're trying to expand on the functionality of their tools. If you're like us, uh, you know, you've spent a lot of your time handling repetitive but business critical tasks, and no one wants to copy and paste data, upload CSVs, or send the same email sleeves every day. But these are the things that keep a business running. So how is a third-party integration like Zapier gonna help you with that? So these third-party solutions help you connect the apps you use every day and process information in new ways. Zapier takes it a step further and allows you to automate this in the background. And this is one way that Zapier can really do it for you as well. When you head to your uh, app directory of integrations, think of all the repetitive tasks that you can automate, like CSVs you need to upload, tackling uh, tasks in your to-do list, or sending the same emails, making sense of form responses in all, your, in all your tools. So whatever your workflow, there's a good chance that a third-party integration will be a really useful and powerful tool for you to help really expand and grow very quickly. Um, so you know, let's tackle the big question first, which is, you know, what is an automation? You know, an automation is a technique used to operate something or, you know, automatically. It saves time, eliminates human error, and most importantly, it solves problems. You know, we're surrounded by automation in the technology we already use. You know, you're probably automated uh, tasks on a daily basis without even thinking about it. You know, take your phone, for instance. It has alarms that you can set to go off at certain times. You know, there are reminders that you can set up, and you can also create rules for when you should or shouldn't show your alerts. What about your email inbox? You can create rules and filters to automatically move it into the right folder, or you can reply with messages automatically as well. What's common here is that you spend a little bit of time setting up these rules and it just runs. Now you don't have to think about it, but it saves time and solves a lot of problems. And we designed our third-party solution to be simple and straightforward so that automating these business workflows is accessible to, to everyone and easy to set up. Plus, we have over 3,000 apps that you can connect with, including tools like ActiveCampaign, uh, Typeform, Facebook Lead Ads, and ClickFunnels, just to name a few. And the idea behind Zapier as a solution is really simple. We have a Zap, which is the integration, and it's made out of two parts. So there is the trigger and there's the action. And so with a Zap, you can only have one trigger that starts it. And you can think of the trigger as telling the Zap when to begin doing something. And we all have everyday tasks we need to do, like responding to feedback, checking emails, whatever that reoccurring task is, you need to use a third-party integration to help remind you with something like scheduling app, which is like a very simple use case. 
an action is basically the next step is when a task, um, a zap performs after it's been triggered. So a trigger tells the zap when to do something and an action is when the zap actually does it as this next step. And so the great thing about this is the zap can have as many actions as needs. So you can make a very complicated um, workflow using third-party integrations. And you know these are two pieces uh, that create a zap, which are essentially the workflows that connect your apps and perform the repetitive and routine work for you. You know, using ActiveCampaign as an example, you can easily use Zapier as a third-party solution to set up additional automations, such as creating subscribers from form submissions or automatically update or add new contact information from tools like Facebook lead ads. Um, and the nice thing is utilizing third-party integrations to remove tedious tasks can be as simple as connecting two apps or as complicated as incorporating your entire tool stack. You can make the most of your valuable time by leveraging third-party solutions um, with the current tools that you use today. And thank you again for uh, joining me today. If you have any questions, like to learn more about Zapier, you can visit us at zapier.com. Until then, have a good one. Thanks, Sophia. Now on to custom API integrations. API stands for Application Programming Interface, and a custom API integration is a way to build your own integration between two platforms that just don't talk to each other in the way that you want them to. Now, custom APIs require a bit more technical legwork, but that doesn't mean that you need to have a computer science degree to make them happen. Now, without getting too far into the weeds, here's what you need to know. API integrations work by exchanging a software's API key, more on this later, and entering it into the other software. This lets both tools know where to send and where to look for the information. API integrations use something called webhooks to send specific event information from one platform to another, which you can use to trigger another event in that other platform. Again, this requires a fair amount of technical knowledge, which, to be completely honest, I just don't have. So at the risk of saying something incorrect and leading you astray, I'm going to end the lesson on custom APIs here. OK. Now, there's a lot of possibilities here. And the first question that I have is, how much should you actually care about integrations? For example, if you're a business owner and you need a new software tool, how much weight should you give to that tool's ability to integrate? Lucky for us, I got to ask this question to someone who knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. He's Peter Coffey, the VP for strategic research at a company called Salesforce. You might have heard of it. And now I am joined by Peter Coffey, who is the VP for strategic research at Salesforce. Uh, Peter, thank you very much for being here. Appreciate your time. Welcome to Growth Decoded. Great to be with you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So in this episode, we are investigating the topic of integrations. Uh, more specifically, how important is it for businesses to get the information from their different tools that might be the best at what they do into one centralized location? So the first thing I'd like to ask you here is, in your opinion, how big of a role should a software tool's ability to integrate with other tools play in the uh, decision process for evaluating software for a growing business? I think it's crucially important that software be able to use whatever relevant data you can legitimately incorporate into your decision-making processes. Among the challenges is that IT historically automated your own activities and all data was a byproduct of those activities. And it became a natural assumption that you created it, you owned it, you had custody of it, and you could perhaps monetize access to it. And perhaps without noticing, over the last several decades, the costs of connection went down, the quantity of data originating outside your walls went up, 
the scalability and security of having data held for you by third parties became compelling. And at this point, failure to incorporate external data is a severe handicap. Further, a lot of the things that people want to do today in areas like the use of machine learning techniques and other AI-derived methods are crucially dependent on the volume and quality of the data and the diversity of the data that's available. And so for every imaginable reason, having your technology stack embrace opportunities to make use of data and finding your own business propositions for the sharing of data, presumably to which you've added value, are all areas in which a blind spot could be costly or fatal to an organization's goals. So integrations are critical. It sounds like integrations are a massive opportunity for your business and they can be the thing that makes it or breaks it. Honestly, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Not according to Neha Varshne, the Senior Manager of Platform Marketing at Thinkific. Ernie had a chance to sit down with Neha this week and discuss integrations as well. Let's hear what she has to say about this. I am now joined by Neha Varshne, the Senior Manager of Platform Marketing at Thinkific. Uh, Neha, it's great to have you here. Great to talk with you today. Welcome to Growth Decoded. Thanks, Ernie. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So. Today's topic is integrations. The more I talk to different course creators, the more I learn that tooling and integrations can be a very daunting subject, right? Especially if you don't come from that background, right? Yes. So think about it. How many of us have phones, right? Almost all of us. How many of like, let's say I have an iPhone, right? For me, I go into the app store. Like I don't even realize I'm going into the app store and I'm like downloading an app for photo editing or I'm downloading Uber Eats because I'm hungry or I'm downloading, you know, DoorDash because I want to order something for lunch. Like it's like second nature to us, right? Right. So why is it when it comes to SaaS that it suddenly becomes super scary and like overwhelming and it's like, man, I just want to like, I wish I could just automatically send emails through this. Like, why does it have to become so scary, right? So for us, we really took that thinking into consideration and we have a long, long ways to go, but I'm just so excited that we were able to be one of the first um, app stores available for the LMS market for our course creators to play around with and get a feel for, but also to inherently realize, you know what, this isn't scary. I just press install and I follow the steps. Right. Exactly. I was, you know, you hit it right on the head there. I think that the idea, even the word integration is sort of daunting where you're yeah. like, you have to integrate that. And it's like, that sounds complicated and scary. And it involves a lot of symbols and characters that I might not understand. But yeah, it's definitely not something to be afraid of. And it's, it's something that I think that, you know, as we've talked through here, it's something that is so important to just getting the right data and the data that really empowers you to make the right decisions and assist you in those critical business functions and just move the needle. It really helps you do that. And it's actually, it's becoming easier and easier to do with things like the Thinkific app store, uh, the active campaign uh, ecosystem. It's just, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Okay. So integrations are definitely a huge opportunity and they're not as scary as I once thought they were, but let's look at that opportunity. What impact can they actually have on your bottom line? Peter provided some insight here. To what extent then does a tool's ability to integrate have the, uh, the effect or the impact on a company's bottom line? What, what can it do there? It's difficult to imagine that you could achieve 
compelling levels of profitability without the value add that's created by your ability to add value to data, especially since so many sources of data now are a commodity. So much data is generated and available in public sources that your ability to curate, to filter, and to enhance and add value to that data is really the soul of your profitability. Without that, you're just someone else's supply chain component able to make only you know, razor thin profit margins with no real ability to differentiate. The ability to bring in data that's available to everyone, but to provide selective viewing and augmentation and enhancement of that data and make it more relevant to people is really the soul of profitability in a, in a connection rich and data rich world. Enriched data is the soul of profitability in a connection rich and data rich world? So what you're saying is that integrations are important, but how important? For which businesses? What can they help you do? Check out what Naya had to say here. I wanted to get your perspective uh, from working at a, at a company like Thinkific that helps content creators, course creators. Uh, in your opinion, as a business scales, what kinds of tools have the biggest impact on their continued growth or, or on their bottom line? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, honestly, probably like a cheesy answer. I think it really depends course creator to course creator, business to business on what their needs are. Um, speaking about course creators specifically, because that's the audience that I'm super familiar with. I know when it comes to the foundational tools like email automation analytics, that's all the good stuff. Everyone needs that. But something that we saw particularly come up during the pandemic, which was fascinating, was that so many business owners were looking for tools that actually allowed them to diversify their income streams during this challenging time. Mm. So a tool that I actually saw a lot of budding entrepreneurs take advantage of, um, particularly in the online course creation world, was the Shopify app um, in the Thinkific app store. So everyone knows Shopify, right? So having this app in the Thinkific app store, it really allowed our course creators to grow their online course business further with the Shopify store. So what does that even mean? Um, it means that they were able to expand their revenue streams with the Shopify store that showcased their must have products alongside their online course offerings all under one roof, something else that as a business scales, I love that you're kind of able to do that. Okay, so Peter and Neha both said that enriched data, analysis of data, is the key to an integration that has an impact on your profitability. But doesn't more data mean more sifting and analysis and time? I mean, I thought this was supposed to make us more efficient. Do integrations make us more efficient or less? Or is it a matter of what and how you integrate? I think Peter can help here. There are two, good, there are two ways to do integration wrong. One is your system is modular, but the modules only fit together in one way. It's like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. Yes, they're pieces, but it's not like you can actually repurpose them. Mm. Building objects, or if you, in some languages you call them objects, in other languages you call them modules, building a module that's actually something you can reuse in many situations means you have to think beyond the piece of the system you're building to a more general idea. So you need to be thinking outside the, the boundaries of the thing you're trying to build today and anticipate the uses people will make of it tomorrow. And now you've built something really fun because now integrating to this is a value adding proposition and it becomes 
an entity for improving the value and performance of a system and not just for calcifying what it used to be. Okay, so you want to take a look ahead to the future, think bigger picture, and use integrations that can grow and scale with your business. Integrations bring more actionable data together inside your platforms and help you create a clearer and more complete picture of the different stages in your customer life cycle. You can bring new contacts into your platform and engage with them as soon as possible through marketing and sales campaigns. Connecting your tools will help to nurture contacts so they learn more about your business and begin to think about next steps. Integrations can drive conversions while storing information and data reporting. And once someone converts, integrations can help support your new customers. But how should you think about this at the early stages? How can you foresee your problems? Sounds like, you know, a lot of what we're focusing on here is how do you get the data that is, you know, elsewhere, the data that's going to, like you said, be the best information to inform those decisions moving forward as you scale into one place that's actually actionable. Um, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on, are those tools that you had just mentioned, would those be different from entrepreneurs when they're just starting a business, when they're just starting to explore integrations or what, what kind of tools really make the difference at the, at the early stages? Yeah, at the early stages, I think something that entrepreneurs are really, really good at is talking about their passion because that's usually something they've actioned. So I see a lot of early stage entrepreneurs, they're promoting themselves on social media, they're doing all these Instagram lives, they're putting up paid ads, ultimately with the goal of driving people to their website. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is kind of where the challenge occurs, right? You're hyping yourself up. People are really excited. You're garnering interest. You're driving everyone to your landing page. But this is where I feel like the biggest issue that a lot of early stage entrepreneurs face is like, how do you capture that interest and turn it into money, right? How right. do you convert that traffic? So I know for us, um, something that I've seen a lot of our course creators use um, are actually like pop-up tools designed to convert your website's traffic into leads. So Capture by Core Studio is an example um, of a tool that I've seen our course creators use that's available to really um, grow their email list, but also serve engaging pop-ups that trigger on like exit intent. So if I'm on their website and I'm like, oh, scrolling, yeah, this is kind of cool. Uh, not really, I have a meeting to attend to and I'm trying to exit the screen. A pop-up will come up and be like, hey, if you claim this offer within the next 30 seconds, you get like 70% off or something crazy like that. So being able to kind of control that customer journey, I think is so, so important for early stage entrepreneurs. Okay, so integrations can help you control the customer journey and grow your business by getting data from other sources into one central location. We investigated sales CRM a few episodes ago, and we know that your sales CRM is the hub for these types of situations and conversations. But what tools would you integrate with that? I guess who better to tell us than Peter? If we think about that a little more specifically, a couple of episodes ago, we had investigated sales CRM. So if we're thinking about it from like a CRM perspective and the ability to integrate other tools into that, uh, which tools, in your opinion, or types of tools for that matter, when integrated with your CRM have the, the biggest impact? What, what are the tools that really like show you more or, or can do the most for you? It's useful to realize that when Salesforce came into existence, the term CRM was also often phrased as Salesforce automation. It was really a system of record mm -hmm. and it was a 
waterfall process in which marketing created leads and leads were fed to sales, which turned them into opportunities, which turned them into deliveries. And it was a very you know, sequential kind of thing. And CRM was something used by people inside the wall to talk about and interact with people outside the wall. What's happened now is that the definition of your brand is not as much defined by what you say it is, by your marketing and advertising and so on, as your brand is now defined by the conversations people have about you, whether mm -hmm. you're in the room or not, you can facilitate those conversations, but you can't control them. And so now CRM must accomplish two goals. First, it means you need to know everything that your organization is doing with a customer at every stage. What happens when you don't do that? Well, I'll talk to people in financial services and I'll start raising up my fingers and counting on them and saying, if I have a checking account, a savings account, a home loan, a car loan, an educational savings account for my children and a retirement account, how many of me do you know? And they'll look at my upraised fingers and say, well, we know the five of you that we're doing business with in separate lines of business. And we'll know the two of you that we're trying to market to without realizing we already have five other existing relationships with you. Well, that's not good. Right. And if you go into a sales situation with a customer and you are tone deaf to the fact that that customer is currently a yellow account with an active service issue and they know that and you don't, at minimum, you seem tone deaf and disengaged and at worst, you could just torpedo the relationship. So even within a company, integration is vital. Our research with Deloitte has shown that it's not unusual for a company to have more than three dozen separate places where it might have information about various states of play with a single customer. Marketing campaigns in progress, sales deliveries in the process of being made, service cases that are open and so on. Even getting a single representation of your own interactions with a customer was a major accomplishment during Salesforce's first 10 years as a, as a going concern. And now, of course, having an understanding of what your ecosystem partners might be doing and the, the places that your customers' competitors might be going so that you can be having a transformational and advisory conversation and not just a selling conversation really means that CRM uninformed by data from outside the sales silo really isn't CRM anymore. Mm. It might be a sales support tool. You really can't call it CRM if all it does is sales support. So what you're telling me is that on average, there's over three dozen places that a business might have information about a customer. That's a lot. There seems to be a lot of options here to integrate. So how do you choose one to tie those together? How do you know which ones will be best? So if you if there's a growing business out there that's watching this and, and thinking about the different ways they can integrate the tools, are there specific data points or or maybe rules of thumb, best practices that you could think of that would kind of you know help to inform that decision of you know which integrations matter the most? Among the most useful things that any company can do, and I encourage people to do this as one of the first steps in beginning to think about a digital upgrade of their environment is simply to walk around the office and look over people's shoulders. And anywhere that you see people working on a spreadsheet and having a conversation by phone or email or Slack about that spreadsheet, figure out what you are seeing. Mm -hmm. There's some business logic. There's some sources of data. 
there's some interested parties with a point of view and a decision to make or an action to take. And that spreadsheet is an unmaintainable, insecure, not collaboration-oriented way of getting that done, but at least it has provided a foundational statement of what do, what do we know and what do we want to know about it and what do we want to do about what we figure out? Mm. And then you start saying, okay, cool. Now, instead of a download that file and copy and paste integration or a download that file and you know CSV file import into my spreadsheet integration, now let's start building something that um, runs a little more automatically, is more auditable and robust and can scale. Mm. And that's an approach that can work because you don't need to have an IT background to look around and see where are the decisions getting made. There is a temptation in any organization to say, I don't have time to solve this problem the right way, but I can build a spreadsheet and get something in the next hour that lets me answer the question I need to answer. And the problem is trees grow by accumulating growth rings and spreadsheets grow by adding columns or, or adding you know, sheets to the workbook. And at some point you need to go back and say, okay, what have we learned about the problem here? And how should this be a force.com application in the Salesforce platform, but also what other tools should be interacting with it to add specific capability and what data sources do we need to have? What are the guardrails on that data access? What are the verifications we'll put in place that that data is being properly maintained and governed so we don't wind up pointing out a data repository that in fact is not being maintained as well as it should. It's, it's got to be an ongoing process where you think about the life cycle and not just getting get it working today and assume that it works indefinitely because that's a poor assumption. All right, it's important to look at your processes and then ask yourself some questions. Where are the hangups? Where do you have to look for information in another tool? What kinds of running spreadsheets or documents do you have that you're continually adding data to? These look like good places to start. Neha and I talked about this issue too, and she had some great advice for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to narrow it down. All of the tools that are in there solve different problems. And the problem is how do you provide the best experience for your customers so that they remain your customers? And that's all a different aspect. Every business is different depending on your product, your service, your offer. They're going to have different problems. They're going to need different tools to solve those problems. So the idea that there is some like, you know, all-in-one type miracle software is sort of just, I mean, we call it the myth of the all-in-one at Active Campaign. But um, oh, yeah, if you have a business, whether it's a course creator or an entrepreneur that's sort of just getting started and, you know, like we said, integrations are daunting. They might be starting to approach the subject. Do you have any best practices, advice, rules of thumb for how to approach the, the, the whole process of, of integrations or how to select a tool, anything there? Yeah, I think definitely look at the unique needs of your business and what you feel is going to have the biggest impact on your company's bottom line. Hmm. So, um, I know I've personally chatted with dozens of Thinkific course creators recently that say 
for them when they're first starting out, it's it's almost from this like place of wishing they could replicate themselves or wishing they could do so much more, but they ultimately don't have the time, right? They have families, they have, maybe this is their side hustle and they have a full-time job. So they're always trying to think of how do I replicate myself, right? How do I make money while I'm sleeping or doing something else? I think at the end of the day, that's every entrepreneur's end game. When you're starting off, think of your biggest, biggest, biggest pain point and address that first. And you know what? It is going to be a trial and error process, right? And that is okay. That's normal. It's like when you're at a shoe store and you're trying on a different pair of heels or sneakers, like, and you know, like, I don't know about you, Ernie, but when I try on a pair of shoes at the store, I have to like walk a little bit to see how they fit. And sometimes, 100%. you know, even though they're this, they're size eight and a half, which is the size I wear, and they look exactly like, you know, the pair of shoes I wanted or was searching for. When you try them on and you walk around a little bit, you're like, oh, I don't know, like this is a little uncomfortable or I think I can do better. And I think, think of apps in that same way. It's not going to be one size fits all. You're going to do some trial and error, take advantage of free trials that different apps offer, see what makes the most sense for your business and your budget. And don't think you need to do it all, all at once, right? Work your way up. So focus on the biggest pain point of your business. When you think you have a pretty good handle of that, go on to the next step. Use integrations as a way to solve your biggest problems and know that it might be some trial and error. You might have to try a few different tools within one category before you get the one that works for you and works with your existing system the way that you want it to. But would you ever use two of the same tools or tools that overlap and are seemingly competitors? Would that ever make sense? Wait a second, Salesforce and ActiveCampaign both offer similar tools, don't they? CRM and email solutions and other features overlap. Ernie, did you ask Peter about this? Yes, he did. Roll the tape. You know, Salesforce and ActiveCampaign both offer CRMs as well as email marketing and email automation tools, but there is still an integration between the two platforms. Hmm. Um, so in your opinion, you know, why might someone want to use both ActiveCampaign and Salesforce instead of one or the other? When someone says to me, Salesforce, you make a CRM and there's this other CRM, which one should I use? It's kind of like asking a mechanic with five different wrenches in his toolbox why he has more than one wrench. And the answer is because there's more than one kind of nut you want to turn in more than one environment. Among the most important things to recognize about Salesforce is that from day one, we always emphasized integration. When I, mm -hmm. when I joined the company, we were on just beginning to do really serious things like you know REST and web services type stuff. And if you think of CRM not as a noun of a product, that competes with other products, but as a process, as, as a goal of a company, well, the notion that I have more than one CRM doesn't seem any um, more strange than the notion that I have you know, two wrenches in my toolbox. Right. They will have different things that they do in a way that a given organization finds familiar or more relevant. And if they can exchange data between them, then they're each more than the sum of their capabilities. The system that you wind up building can be a distinctive process that the organization can use to add value. There are lots of other reasons. You might have an organization that's grown by acquisition. And so you've got one group of, of uh, team members who are just more familiar with one thing than the other. 
and either one can be a servant to the other. And in fact, one of them may serve as a data source for one while the other is serving as a source for different data for the other. I think it's really important for people to recognize that at, at Salesforce, we emphasize we're not a technology vendor, we're a service provider and we do enable, we do build a lot of technology to support those services. But look at United Parcel Service. You don't pay them by the mile driven, you pay them by the delivery made. They're a service provider, right? Mm -hmm. They have trucks custom built to their specification, but you still wouldn't call them a trucking company. You'd call them a delivery service and they don't refine their own gasoline and they don't make their own tires. You know, the idea that you assemble solutions out of a combination of built, bought, partnered, subscribed, and so on is one that we find very natural in most environments. The nice thing about what's happened in the software world over the last 10 years is that connectivity has become less expensive. Connectivity speed has grown. Software disciplines that allow for interoperability and, and ro robust API interaction instead of very brittle and complicated you know, code level interaction are much more straightforward. Right. And it invites users to see us as pantries of ingredients from which they build the dish they want instead of seeing us as competing restaurants where the question is, well, whose menu are you going to confine yourself to, to using? Have you designed the best possible customer experience? And given that, what integrations do you require? Mm -hmm. Not have you automated your activity, but right. have you optimized your customer experience? Not have you connected that data source, but have you made the information available that's necessary to make the customer's outcome better? Mm -hmm. And if you're always designing with the customer experience in mind, you will do things differently right. than if you're designing things to minimize the cost or maximize the throughput of your IT stack. Yes, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. We we say a lot of uh, similar things at Active Campaign, uh, and and sort I of shout it. So I guess it comes back to that pesky customer experience. Different wrenches turn different bolts. There's a reason you have 15 different sizes of Tupperware in that one drawer or cabinet somewhere in your kitchen, right? Your situations change. You might find that one tool is great for a certain team or task and another seemingly similar tool is better for another. Remember, there is no all-in-one size fits all-in-one size fits all-in-one size fits all-in-one size. snap out of it. Oh, geez, right, sorry. What's interesting is that Thinkific actually used both ActiveCampaign and Salesforce and had them integrated. Now, what did that do for them? One thing that's interesting, um, we are also during this episode talking to Peter Coffey, who is the, uh, the VP for strategic planning at Salesforce. And it is my understanding uh, that Thinkific has used the Salesforce and ActiveCampaign integration. So um, we have a rare opportunity here to kind of tie all of these things together. <laughs> Uh, can can you talk? How fitting! How fitting! Yes, absolutely. Uh, can you talk through how you use the Salesforce Active Campaign integration? Yeah, so I actually synced up uh, with our sales team uh, prior to this, and honestly, I know for them, uh, using Active Campaign in conjunction with Salesforce in the past really allowed them to tighten up their workflow automations and just drastically reduce the time it took for our sales team to actually talk to the customers we had identified as leads. Mm. Um, I know something that they're always raving about is how the UI itself of Active Campaign is so incredibly simple, but the complexity of the actual workflow automations that you can build 
like allows for an endless number of possibilities. Um, I know that before, like when we were leveraging this integration, if a lead was um, created an active campaign, it then immediately synced up with Salesforce as our lead. So when our sales team um, had to get it in front of the customer, they had this full history of and like rich data available to them of like, you know, what emails were sent when did this lead open up this email? Are they aware of this, like this step that we took as a business? Do they know that these features are available to them? So I know our sales team absolutely like just loved getting that full marketing history all in one place um, and just getting the bigger picture. So when they came, when it came down to conversations, they were a lot more meaningful. Um, and I know that a salesperson could actually even like assign an automation via Salesforce within active campaign, which is something we hadn't seen before. So just that level of integration between marketing automation and sales, like we had never seen that exist in any of the other tools that we had used in the past. So that was definitely like key for us. And it awesome. honestly really brought the two teams together. I think when you hear about sales and marketing teams, it's kind of like, oh, like one versus the other. But I honestly feel like, you know, having the integration between a marketing automation tool and like a large sales CRM like Salesforce, it honestly like forced us to work together. And that in turn um, ended up in a lot happier customers and more meaningful conversations at the end of the day. That's so awesome to hear. I was actually just going to say the exact same thing. It's so often that you hear about marketing and sales being like oil and water, just being at odds with each other all the time. And that baton pass, right? Like when, when is a lead ready to go over to sales? And does sales think so? Does marketing think so? Are those the same thing? And having a tool or an integration between two tools that really works that way and, and kind of streamlines that, that whole process makes things so much easier. Integrating two tools that do similar things but do them differently can have a profound impact on the customer experience as well as your business processes. Peter may have said it best. We love our partners. It's funny to see how many people think that we're competitors with companies when actually they are among our biggest customers and we are among their customers as well. We're all trying to create value for customers here and there are areas where we're, where we're going to be competitors, but there are many more areas in which we're complementary and all trying to solve the same problems. Wait a second. All these tools are available through a given app's marketplace. But how does that change things? How do you navigate that? And how does an app store or marketplace or exchange or ecosystem change the way a given software company does business? It's only been a month, but it, to what extent has the creation, the development, even the the planning and the, the thinking and ideating of the Thinkific app store, to what extent has that kind of changed Thinkific? I think when we were discussing the strategy of like, should we launch an app store? Should we not? Um, it came down to kind of our North star that we were thinking of is like, how do we continue serving our customers? So like, it doesn't matter if one of our course creators is serving 10 customers or 10,000 customers or 10 million customers, how do we ensure that Thinkific is a place where they can scale their business um, as they continue to grow with us? You know, yes. we just didn't want them to reach like 100 customers and be like, oh man, we can't do this with Thinkific or it'd be so much cooler if we could do X, Y, and Z, but now you can. Um, so for us, it was honestly just putting ourselves constantly in the shoes of our customers and asking ourselves, 
how do we make life that much easier for them? As an entrepreneur, you already have a million and 10 things to worry about, which I won't even get into. So it's like, we didn't want this to be another area that they had to stress about. So um, I think by launching an app store, what we've done is we've made so many of these like world-class tools accessible at their fingertips versus them having to go do all of that research and trying to figure out what tool is best going to solve um, a certain need in their business? There seems to be a common thread through all of this. How do you help your customers? And if you're thinking about it from a software company's point of view, how do marketplaces help your customers help their customers? Peter said something very similar, and he also told us a story about Steve Jobs. To what extent has the creation and the development of the Salesforce App Exchange changed Salesforce? Creating the Salesforce App Exchange was a great story because we actually called it App Store and Apple wanted to call their new offering in whatever it was, uh, 2008, 2009 App Store. And it is an urban legend that happens to be true that our CEO and co-founder Mark Benioff gifted the name App Store to Apple because Steve Jobs had given Mark one of his earliest opportunities to work. And rather than having a contentious discussion of who owned the rights, we said, okay, you guys can have App Store. We'll call our thing the App Exchange. Wow. But we've, we've been doing this longer than Apple has. And interestingly, I think it's also part of the story that, um, that Steve Jobs advised Mark that that would be a very important thing to do. There's all sorts of things that happen when you create an ecosystem or when you nurture an ecosystem and, and allow it to grow around you. It makes everything that people do with you more valuable. It makes the skills that people need to use you effectively greater. It spawns fascinating opportunities. An app exchange creates that huge Petri dish in which complementary ideas can grow in a way that interoperates or maybe facilitates a future acquisitions. So that's, that's a pretty good thing. It also means that you have now people who have invested in your platform. And in an older world, if you merely offered an enabling technology, someone else who comes along with something a little bit cheaper or with a small advantage, you won't discover that they exist until people leave you for them. But now if you've got a community that is working in, in you know, all working in your garden as it were, now, if they see something coming over the horizon, they won't come to you to say goodbye. They'll come to you and say, we have a challenge here. How do we address this challenge? Because mm -hmm. now you have collaborators and not merely clients or customers. And so building an ecosystem in which people add value to you, really, isn't that the definition of a platform? There are people who say, we're going to market, we're going to produce a platform, to which my reaction is a sneer and the market will tell you if what mm. you've created is a platform. If people see it as something to which they can add value, fine, you pass. Otherwise, you're just a technology stack. And so turning yourself into the humble servant provider of a platform instead of the assertive and self-promoting vendor of a product is a really valuable way of keeping people in touch with the ongoing recognition of their customers' changing needs. Well, there you have it. 
Integrations help you get the data from various places, specifically tools that are the best at what they do. They're not just one tool that's mediocre at everything. And then they put that information where it needs to go. Integrations streamline your processes. They help you provide a cohesive and positive customer experience. And ultimately, that helps you grow your business. And that's our show. Thank you to Sophia Satole from Zapier, Nea Varsne from Thinkific, and Peter Coffey from Salesforce. Thank you to Tim and Molly and Cody. Thank you to Tabitha for being our wonderful co-host. We will see you next time. Thank you all for watching and for your time today. And as always, go forth and integrate. I mean, automate. I mean, both. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.